Well, good morning, First City Church. It's good to see you this morning. Happy Memorial Day weekend. Hey, uh, we have checked on the air conditioning. I just checked it. I see some of you fanning. And, and I understand it's a little warmer. We've done everything we can. We'll call all seasons and they'll come and they'll have it fixed. And it'll be cooling, blowing you out of here next week. Until then, are you okay? Okay, you're all right. I want you to meet a friend of mine, uh, a new friend of mine. His name is Jeremiah. Come on up here, buddy. So, uh, so would you welcome Jeremiah to the stage for me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on up. Now, tell everybody how old you are. I am 10 years old. There you go. And who do you have with you sitting here on the front row? I have my nana, my, uh, uh, Michael Lafferty, my grandpa, yeah, and not only blessing, yeah, you can't forget the baby, right? So, uh, so, so that's Jeremiah's whole family. Now, I understand you're going to Orlando in three weeks. Is this right? Yes, sir. Okay. Now, usually when families go down to Orlando, they're going to Disney World. Is that what you're doing? No, sir. Okay. Why are you going down to Orlando? Okay, so Jeremiah's going to go. They're going to have some open heart surgery. And what's going on with your heart? So when the heart pumps up the blood, it's taking that aortic valve too hard. And so we're removing tissue to where it doesn't hit it too hard. So it's just yeah, so because this tissue is kind of blocking the blood from just moving through in a good rate. And, and when you're a, a big old NFL football player, they need your heart to be working right. So they're taking care of it now so that you won't have problems later. Is that right? Yes, sir. There you go. So, so are you? I think they like you. So I have a question. Are you scared? Yeah, okay. I was the one who wanted to do it. Well, everybody else was like, no, Yeah. So, so I understand that you've already named your scar. You've got a nickname for your scar? Yeah, so what's the nickname? The Ripper. The Ripper. So he's like, you know, we need to... We need to get Jared, we need to get you like a t-shirt that's like, it's just like, you know, the Hulk ripping open the ripper. Now, the reason I want you to meet Jeremiah, brave young man, great young man, is this is a, this is a pretty important deal, right? And so we're going to go through and, and the surgery. And I know you're good with it. You're like, you're a strong and brave young man. But I know your mom is a little nervous and your grandparents are a little nervous just because they want you to be well, okay? Now, we, we never really do this downstairs, but um, Jeremiah has been doing these little car washes because he wants to make it easier on his mom with the finances uh, of the trip. And so they've got a schedule of all these little car washes. And I broke protocol because usually if you let one, you have to let everybody and everybody has their own calls. But this is Jeremiah. And, and I just told him it's okay if he handed out to you the dates when he's having his car washes. And if you want, they can tell you about the GoFundMe page that he has. But listen, I'm very proud of you. I'm proud of you for taking ownership, for wanting to go do this surgery, to making sure that you're okay, to relieve your mother so that she knows you're okay and your grandparents. And if it's okay with you, I want to have everybody stand up and I want to pray over you. Can we do that? Yes, sir. So you take this with you. I want you to hand me the microphone. You walk down there by your mom and y'all just stand right here and look at there are people who are already coming down to pray with you. And so I want you, if you'll just surround them. 
He's going to have his surgery in Orlando in a specialty clinic on June the 21st. And they're going to have to be down there for a couple of weeks. And, and so the testing and then the surgery and then an ICU for, for a while and then in recovery for a while. And then they're going to come back. And he has already promised me that when he comes back and he's jumping up and down and he's healthy, he will show us his ripper. And so you ready to pray? Lord God, you are so good to us. Brave young men like Jeremiah remind us of how good you are. Lord God, I'm asking that you walk in this path ahead of them. I don't even have to ask. You are already on this path ahead of them. You're preparing the way. You even brought this to their attention early so that they knew that they could take care of this now so that it would eliminate any future uh, issues. So, Lord God, thank you for being so good. Walk not only down this path, but may we as their family also walk this path with them. Stand with them strongly. Bless them. I pray that everything in the procedure goes better than expected. And that he never has to deal with this again the rest of his life. And he will develop into the full godly young man that you call him to be. And with a name like Jeremiah, we need him to be strong from his bones, the inside out, so that he can tell people, God, how great you have been to him. And so we give you thanks and praise and honor this morning in the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Good job, Jeremiah. That's it. That's awesome. And thank you for those who came up and just prayed over them and prayed with them. Please continue to keep them in your prayers. He is such a good young man. I have something I want to read to you. This is Memorial Day weekend. Memorial Day is a time to remember those who've died in service of our country. It can and should be a day that we give honor and thanks to those who continue to volunteer in laying down their life in military service. Honoring our soldiers, veterans, those who have served, and those who have fallen isn't about agreeing with governments or wars, but it's about recognizing that there are people out there who are willing to sacrifice their lives for ours. And in light of this deserved honor, I want to read these scriptures and pray for our military families. Render to all what is due to them, tax to whom tax is due, custom to whom custom is due, fear to whom fear, but honor to whom honor. Romans 13. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Psalm 34. The memory of the righteous is blessed. Proverbs 10. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his godly one. Psalm 116. Greater love hath no one than this than he lay down his life for his friends. John 15. Be on the alert. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men. Be strong and courageous. 1 Corinthians 16. Remember, there are some families here with us today who are grieving over the loss of loved ones who have served in the military. There are others who are gripping with worry and fear that their loved ones won't make it home. Be gracious, compassionate, loving and full of honor and respect for the sacrifices made by our soldiers and their families. Tell a soldier thank you this weekend. Most of all, be supportive of their choice to volunteer and sacrifice for the continued protection of the people and the freedom of the United States of America. And I'll leave you with this final verse from the Star Spangled Banner. 
Thus be it ever when free men shall stand between their loved home and the war's desolation. Blessed with victory and peace, may the heaven rescued land praise the power that hath made and preserved us a nation. Then conquer we must when our cause it is just, and this be our motto, in God is our trust. And the star-spangled banner in triumph shall wave o'er the land of the free and the home of the brave. I would like for you to stand one more time and let's just honor those who serve us in our military. Can we give them applause? Can we just thank the people who serve us? And for those who have given their life and honor to this country, it's not even that oftentimes that the country deserves it. It's the fact that these people are willing to lay down their lives for something they believe in. And as Christians, we understand what that means. May God bless you. May God bless these military families. Let's pray. Lord God, we do not want to forget the sacrifices of those who have given their lives so that we can be free. The privilege to come and worship you as Christians, just to come and be Americans so that we can worship you as Christians is an unbelievable privilege. We have such freedom that often we don't even understand around the world. There are Christians all over the place who are dying because of their cause and there are military men and women who are giving their life so that we can continue to have this freedom. I pray Lord God you are with them and in honor of them we tell you thank you for blessing this nation, blessing this land and the men and women who have died in service to it. May we forever be grateful and honor them as they honor you in all things. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you, thank you, thank you. This is the last message that we have on Hezekiah. We started this series several uh, weeks ago. You can go online if you want and listen to it. And, uh, and, and I've been struck by the, this message and, and, and Hezekiah and his life. And in the very first message that we had, we held to the standard. In fact, Isaiah was holding to the standard of believing in God, trusting in God, obeying God in everything. And he was fantastic at it. And then along comes Hezekiah as a king, and Hezekiah was not good at it. But the amazing thing that we talked about last week was that when God remembered Hezekiah and he captured his story and placed it in what we call our Bible, that he said, Hezekiah was a man who trusted me with all of his heart, who obeyed all of my commands and did everything that I asked of him. And we read that scripture and we're like, no, he didn't. Because I look at his life and I can see in his life he didn't do all of those things. And so at the end of last week, we asked this question, what was it about Hezekiah that God so powerfully answered all of his prayers. We have three prayers that Hezekiah prayed in Scripture. And God powerfully answered all three of them. And, and, and as I just studied it and as I was thinking about it, I began to see and say, oh, you can pull out your outlines. I'm going to go as, as, as fast as I can while still covering the content so that we can get this message. But I wrote down that prayers that move me move God. And so, as I'm looking at Hezekiah's life, I began to see that Hezekiah didn't just pray a prayer because he wanted to be rescued. He didn't, we get into a bad situation and say, oh God, help me. And then as soon as God helped him, he went back to living life his own way. 
That's not what Hezekiah did. Now I want to show it to you in a chart. Here's the first chart. Uh, here's God's standard and here's Hezekiah and there's a gap. So God said, I want you to trust me with all of your heart. I want you to obey me in all things. I want you to love me with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, right? And, and I will take care of you. I'll bless you. I'll be your God. You'll be my people. And then Hezekiah comes along and Hezekiah wants to do the right thing. He's got a good heart, but he doesn't hold up to the standard. He didn't trust God in everything. But here's what we know because we're reading his story. And Hezekiah came in and he wanted to worship God. And God's like, there's a way that you worship me well. You, and you have to obey all the commands. You just can't approach me in uh, the Passover feast and not purify yourself. You can't just come in with an impure heart and have access to a holy God. You must do something to cleanse your heart if you want to engage a holy God. And so in his first prayer, he's like, God, I'm sorry. I apologize. We have not cleansed our hearts. We have not purified ourselves. But would you let us approach you and worship you anyway? And God said, yes. And he healed the people. And then from that point on, Hezekiah obeyed all the commands of God. So it wasn't just a prayer, hey God, I'm not where you want me to be, and if, you know, would you just let that be okay? It, it wasn't okay with him. And the rest of his life, he obeyed all the commands of God. And when it came to trust issues, he did everything he could to defeat the enemy without God. Until Isaiah said, have you even prayed about it? And finally, he goes to his knees in prayer and he said, God, I've done everything and I'm woefully short. If, if you don't do something today, then we will not escape this enemy. And I trust you. And God defeated the enemy. And from that point on, Hezekiah trusted God in everything. In other words, his prayers moved him to better behavior, more obedience, more trust and belief. Now, God heard all of his prayers. And so my question was, does God hear the prayers? Does he offer grace to someone like Hezekiah? And the Bible is really clear. Of course he does. But my second question is this, well, what about me? Because I don't, I don't have the heart of Hezekiah. I haven't been obedient in everything. I haven't prayed prayers and they transformed my life. What about people who don't have good hearts? What about people who say, man, you have no idea where I've been and what I've done. And I'm not as good of a man as Hezekiah. Does God hear my prayers? Does he offer grace to even me? And so I want to introduce you to Hezekiah's son. Uh, Hezekiah uh, had a son. Remember that when God healed him from his illness? And last week we talked about it. You can listen to it online. And God extended his life 15 years. Well, three years into that extension of life, he got married. Now, the Jewish Talmud said that he married Isaiah's daughter. And they had a son named Manasseh. And when Hezekiah died, Manasseh was 12 years old. And he became king. 
And if you were to read the story, and I have it here, and I'm not going to go through all of it this morning, First uh, Kings chapter 21, verses 1 through 18, it said that Hezekiah died. His son Manasseh became the king at age 12, reigned 52 years, and did evil in the sight of the Lord. And if you were to read those 18 verses, it's going to overwhelm you. I just put them as bullet points. And so let's just go through these quickly. He was evil from his youth. He destroyed his father's good work. All the places where Hezekiah tore down all the altars and said, here's the place where we're going to honor God. He took away all the things of God and put back up all those altars and put back up all those pagan gods and worshiped them. He served all those false gods. The Bible says he had a very evil heart. He even sacrificed his son in the fire, and it was more than one. He practiced witchcraft, and he consulted psychics, and, and, and you can go through and read all of that. And he was far more wicked. They said, there are all these pagans, there are all these unbelievers in all these uh, countries all around us, and they're awful. And Manasseh was worse than all of them. He murdered many innocent people. We don't know. We know that Isaiah lost his life and was murdered. The, the Jewish Talmud said that it was Manasseh who murdered his grandfather, Isaiah. That he hid behind and in a cedar tree. And it's so graphic the way that they just took a saw and, and, and sawed him in half, starting at the top of his head. And it said that by the time the saw got to his lips, Isaiah had passed away. This was one evil guy. And so I want to pick up the story in 2 Chronicles 33. Because here's my question. What is God going to do to a person like that? If, you all, if all you do is read 2 Kings, you're going to see that he did all that evil. And they left it there. And then he died and his son became king and did evil. But if you read 2 Chronicles, I want you to look at this. 2 Chronicles 33. The Lord spoke to Manasseh and his people, but they ignored all his warnings. So the Lord sent the commanders of the Assyrian armies, and they took Manasseh prisoner. They put a ring through his nose, bound him in bronze chains, and led him away to Babylon. That was where I ran a stay a thousand miles away. And this that next verse is just so unbelievable. But while in deep distress, Manasseh sought the Lord his God and sincerely humbled himself before the God of his ancestors. And when he prayed, the Lord listened to him and was moved by his request. Your God is unbelievable. The grace of God is overwhelming. So the Lord brought Manasseh back to Jerusalem and to his kingdom, then Manasseh finally realized that the Lord alone is God. Now that's unbelievable. If someone were to ask you, what must God think about someone like me? And they can give you a laundry list of all the awful things they've done in their life. You can turn to this passage right here and say, I want to show you about a person named Manasseh and how God responded to him. And that's unbelievable. And it didn't happen all at once. But God was so gracious. But Manasseh changed his life. 
if you were to continue reading the rest of that chapter in 2 Chronicles, it says that he went back, which is unbelievable, that God just forgave him. And then God moved in the heart of the king from Assyria, and they just let him go. And they just said, you can go home now. And God restored him to being king back in his kingdom. And it says he finally realized, which means it was a process. It didn't happen all at once. It, it, it took a while. But he prayed a prayer. God, I'm not looking for you just to rescue me. I'm looking to change my life. And the one question that you should ask yourself is when I pray, does it change me? Do I keep praying for God to rescue me, but I'm not really willing to change my life? So I'm going to give you the big idea, and then I'm going to give you five examples of just five powerful prayers that will transform your life. Here's the big idea. If I have a cucumber, and I have a brine, and it has some salt and some sugar and some stuff, and I can take that cucumber, and I can dip it in that water, and seal it up, unseal it, and take it out within a minute, what, if, what do I have in my hand? A wet cucumber. No. If I only do it, if I just dip it in the water and pull it out, what do I have? A wet cucumber, maybe with a little salt on it. But if I take that cucumber and I put it in that brine and I seal it up and I let it stay there for a month and I unseal it and I pull it out, what do I have? It's a very simple illustration. Life transformation doesn't happen in these little bitty tiny bits. You have to soak yourself in something if you want to transform. And I know plenty of people who cry out to God when they're hurting, but they have no desire to transform their life or to soak themselves in the things of God. And they wonder why their prayers aren't answered because life transformation doesn't happen just, God's not, listen, He doesn't just want to rescue you out of a situation. He wants you to go to heaven. And so if you get anything out of it, get, get this, you're going to have, whatever you soak yourself in, that's, your life is going to transform into that. I want to give you five prayers to soak yourself in. I, in fact, today, my call to you is that you soak yourself in God and you will be transformed. And here are five prayers that will help you get there. Prayer number one, you can write these down. Mountain moving prayers. Mountain moving prayers. Jesus just talked about it. It's like Mark chapter 11. And he was saying to his disciples, because they want to know, how can I change? What do I need to do? You know, God. And, and they had all these examples where they tried to do powerful things. God, why couldn't we remove that demon from that young kid? And God's like, man, that kind doesn't come out except with much prayer and fasting. You got to soak yourself in something. And he's like, Jesus told his disciples, Mark 11, verse 22, have faith in God. And I tell you the truth, you can say to this mountain, you may be lifted it up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. But you must really believe and it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, you can pray for anything and if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. What is it that's in your way? What is it that you want? I want to get over that. I want to finally get over that mountain and get over that hurdle. I've been battling up against this forever and I want to conquer that. He's like, man, you got to just you gotta soak yourself in faith. 
and really believe. And, and it's not just I have this intellectual belief. It's being willing to trans, I now trust completely in God. He's like, if you completely develop a wholehearted trust in God, whatever mountain is standing in your way from who you want to become will be moved. He's like, whatever it is, God will, removing a mountain in your life is easy for God. The tough thing is finding somebody who wants to trust God with all their heart and only do that in their life. But that's a mountain moving prayer. So that's the first one. I want to learn how to trust God with all my heart, believe in him. Just, and I want to follow on my hands and my feet and my actions to follow what I say that I believe. You soak yourself in that. God says, if you just, if you just get a little bit of that, big things will happen in your life. Number two, as long as it takes prayers, as long as it takes prayers, and here's another one in Luke chapter 18. Jesus is trying to teach these people about how to pray. And he's like, man, some of you just pray, some of you just give up so easily. And he's like, let me tell you this story. And it's just a parable. He said, there's this woman and she had everything taken away from her. And she goes to this judge and she's like, judge, I need your help. I need you to protect this because these people are coming in there trying to take away all of this stuff. And no one was more vulnerable in that society than a, than a single lady. And apparently she had, at least the story is uh, leading you to believe that her husband died and, and now people are coming to take all of his stuff and she had no rights to it. But she said, no, I, I do. It's mine. It belongs to me. And so she goes to the judge and he dismisses her. And she goes back and he dismisses her. And she goes back and back and back and back. And he's, she's like wearing him out until he finally says, man, she's going to just wear me out unless I finally give it to her. So he finally just says, fine, you can have it. Get out of here. And so Jesus comes and says, learn this lesson. Learn from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? He's like, man, you need to cry out to God. He loves you. He's not an unjust judge. He's a just judge. But don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Keep running after God. Soak yourself in the things of God, in all the things in your life. Run after him. Run after him. Run after him. And he will give you what you need to serve him best. So here, there, there are two. Soak yourself in faith and soak yourself in God. Trust in him with all of your heart. Here's the third one. My God can, but even if he doesn't, prayers. My God can, but even if he doesn't, prayers. And this is the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Daniel chapter 3. Here are three young Hebrew boys. They're taken off into slavery in Babylon. And the king Nebuchadnezzar is wanting them to bow down to this idol. Actually, there were a bunch of evil guys. They didn't like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they're like, we got to find a way, you know, for them to be destroyed. And so they talked the king into, we're going to build you this 90-foot statue, and it's going to be awesome. And we're going to play this music. And as soon as we play the music, everybody's got to get on their knees and go, you the man now, but you the man, right? And they just bow down to him. And they're like, we know Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego won't. We know they believe and trust in God. They're not going to bow down to anything. 
And so we're going to build this furnace. We're going to demand you better bow down to this king or we're going to take your life and throw you in the fire. And so they did. And they played the music and everybody bowed down except Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they said, what's up? Don't you know that if you don't do what we say, if you don't bow down to that king, that we're going to throw you in that fire? Listen to this. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you've set up. Can you pray that prayer? Can you stand so strong in what you believe that you're not going to be moved underneath it? That you're going to say, this is what I believe. These are my morals. This is my character. And I'm going to stand in that no matter what. And if the opposition comes, and if people want to make fun of you, or if they want to say, you can't do that here. Or if they want to insert in any kind of way and say, you got to do what we say, that, or, or you're going to lose your job. Yeah, I mean, it's, and I know what happens because I've had people to come up. I know what it's like to lose a job making pretty good money because it wouldn't do something illegal. And I'm, that, by the way, that's how I got here. I was working in a company and we were asked to do something illegal. And praise God for the guy that I was working for. And we, he's, he's like, man, what are we going to do? He's like, I don't feel comfortable doing it. I said, then we're not doing it. And this was a huge national chain that we were working for. And, and so we didn't do it. And we lost it. I lost all my income on that one decision. And one week later, Richard Zeller called me and he said, hey, would you come down and meet some of us at First City Church? The, the biggest blessing of my life was working with Fred Tate and working for you guys here at this place. It's just, so are you going to stand for what you believe in? When it, when it comes down to it, will you do what it takes to do the right thing and just soak yourself in doing what is right? Because if you do, God's going to stand with you. He's going to defend you. And your life will be transformed. Number four, blessing, not cursing prayers. Blessing, not cursing prayers. This is the easiest one to, you know, the, the, to understand and the hardest one to do. And it's like, I, anybody have any enemies? You don't have to raise your hand. <laughs> anybody have anybody who just says, you know, I just don't like you. I just don't think you should work here. I don't think you belong here. I don't want to do business with you. I don't want to live across the street from you. I don't like the way you cut your grass. You mow at an angle, and I like going side to side. I was like, whatever it is, doesn't really matter what it is. It's just like you're in front of them. I was by Chick Fil A, and if someone was moving out, this was just yesterday. I don't even know the guy, and I'm just and so a, a car was backing out, and it was really really busy. You know how it can be at Chick Fil A when you're just trying to go through the drive-through, and so it, and so this car started backing out, and I just stopped. And this guy behind me didn't like that I stopped. Pulled up next to me and and I just pointed to the car and did like that. And he went 
pulled in front of me and when to get in the line. I'm like, what in the world? I got all of that wrath and all I tried to do was let somebody get out before I went through, you know, and so I said, Suzanne said, we're not going to stay. We're, we're going to just leave. And I said, okay. And so we're starting to leave and he's there standing in line, you know, waiting to go into the line. And so I'm pulling next to him and as I'm going, Suzanne's like, don't you look over at him. Don't you look over at him. <laughs> I did. But... But I was just smiling. I wasn't going to do it, right? I mean, can you, you know, anybody know someone like that? They're just mad at the world and they're going to take it out on you. What is it about us that loves it when they get what's due to them? I mean, there's something about it that as soon as they, you know, get in an accident or as soon as something happens or, or and we're like, oh, <laughs> too bad. <laughs> Right? As soon as someone calls them out, as soon as something happens. So look at this, Romans 12. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. You read it and you're like, okay, whatever. <laughs> I don't, you know, all right, what? No. I don't want, why would I do that? 1 Peter chapter 3, don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. Instead, pay them back with the blessing. That is what God has called you to do, and He will grant you His blessing. Soak yourself in mercy and grace. Love people who are going to say things evil against you, falsely, for my name's sake. So says the Lord. And He will bless you. He will bless you. I don't, that, that one's so, it's so easy to understand and so hard to do because I just want to defend myself. And you don't have to. You serve a good God and He's going to make sure you go to heaven and He wants to do everything He can to make sure they go to heaven. And so don't get in His way with your anger. Soak yourself in that. And then finally, according to God's will prayers, according to God's will prayers. Man, people debated this. How can you know the will of God? How can you know the will of God? So 1 John 5 verses 14 and 15, this is out of the NIV. And this is the confidence we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we can know that we have what we ask of Him. Man, God is wanting to bless your life. And so how can you hear the will of God? How do you know the will of God? Well, the Bible gives you several clues. God always acts in harmony with His Word. And so He speaks through His Word. Now, He also can speak through His Holy Spirit. But they always work together. So I was meeting with someone this past week, and as we were talking about things, and I said, okay, so when, you're, when you, you, know, you pray, and they're like, yeah, I'm reading the Bible too. And I'm like, okay, why do you want to read the Bible? Well, because I want to learn. Awesome. Why do you want to learn? Well, because I want to know more of the things of God. Right. Why do you want to know more of the things of God? It helps my life. Help me out here. You know, and I'm just like, okay, when you're praying, who's doing the talking and who's doing the listening? When you're praying, who's doing the talking? We are. Who's doing the listening? God. When you're reading the Word, who's doing the talking? God. Who's doing the listening? Which is more important, you talking or God talking? Read the Word of God. 
He will reveal to you what's important to Him. It's active. It's alive. Soak yourself in the Word of God and let Him talk to you. He will open you up to all kinds of goodness. So those are my five prayers. Soak yourself in those. Let life transformation happen. If you only do it a little bit, if you only pray it once, and you can't because it's just like, man, I got a cucumber with some salt on it. Immerse yourself in it and let God transform your life. Man, I'm glad you have. You, you have tomorrow off? Are you going to enjoy being together? Is this not a fun? Man, listen, remember the people who died so that you can have fun. And when you see them today, when you go into the restaurants, when you walk down the street, when you just stop and sincerely tell them, thank you for your service. And then I'm just asking you, church, I'm just asking, immerse yourself in the things of God and he will transform your life. And Manasseh did all kinds of evil, but at the end of the day, the Bible said he sincerely humbled himself before God and it moved God and God rescued him and he will rescue you. We're going to go into this time of communion that's set up. This is such an honorable time. This is the time on this Memorial Day. Listen, every Sunday's Memorial Day for us, isn't it? Because we remember the sacrifice of Jesus. This is more than military. It's more than America. This is for the salvation of your soul. And here's the truth. Jesus came to, to, to this earth, lived among us, sent from heaven, gave his life as a ransom, as a sacrifice, so that we through his death, his blood, his resurrection, could enjoy eternity with God. And as we stand and as we come and just celebrate, as we eat the bread, we're saying thank you for giving your life. As we drink the fruit of the vine, we're saying thank you for shedding your blood. Thank you for setting me free. Thank you for sacrificing your life so that I could enjoy the amazing grace of an eternal God. And that's what we celebrate on this day and every Sunday because we never want to forget what He did for us. So would you stand with me? We're going to offer a prayer. It's available for everyone. And then after that, we'll go into a song and we have our orange basket set up where you can, uh, I'll give you an offering if, you, if you're prepared to do that today. Man, God bless you. I love being here with you. And I pray you have a good, safe Memorial Day weekend. Now let's honor our Lord. Lord God, in the name of Jesus Christ, we say thank you. Your Son who made all this possible. You run all of the universe and give full attention to our prayer. You love it when we lift up your son, Jesus, and honor him for what he has done. The Holy Spirit dances in our life when we celebrate the death of Jesus. And so, Lord God, as we honor you this day, this Sunday, like every Sunday, we're not only saying thank you for what you've done, but we're asking that we transform our life and give you our lives back as a sweet sacrifice to you. Thank you for your amazing grace. As we honor Jesus in this moment, Lord God, we pray that your blessing is on us and that we can be a blessing to someone else who you'll lead us to who needs to know you. In all things, you are good. 
in Jesus' name, amen. Come, share in the sacrifice of God. I love you. God bless you.